Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Okay, this is actually sort of weird because we don't usually do an intro. Oh, you don't? No, but... Um... I don't know how to do it, because normally it's just the same three guys. We don't have to introduce ourselves. Oh, well, how awkward. This this might serve as an introduction, though, for the, for the program. Um, well, you're, you're Doug. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows who I am, theoretically. Well, that's that's right. Now, now you used to be sometimes Doug, but I guess now you're all the time Doug, because it's your show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony. Anybody yeah. who used to listen to the Horror Etc. podcast might recognize me. Everybody else is probably... Just saying, why? Why, yeah. And I mean, just to let the listeners know, uh, we are we are short our normal hosts this week due to circumstances beyond our control, so we're just, uh, this is a bit of an impromptu throw-together episode to uh, just make sure we get something out there, and because Anthony and I used to record podcasts together all the time, and maybe we miss doing it yeah absolutely i think yeah. i think so let's see if we start fighting while we try and then we'll find out <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because i said to you just the other week you know hey you know i, I kind of miss doing the podcast you know we should probably do like a, a one-off do, do, do you hear that it's starting already okay ladies and gentlemen at home this this used to happen on the horror etc podcast all the time we'd have like the perfect environs we'd have like studio silence in the room and just when you hit record like a dog would start barking or or some kids would start you know yeah. And and now we have like some water running elsewhere. But it's okay. It's all part of the of the ambiance, right? Yeah, to be fair, the audio quality is usually pretty terrible on this show. <laughs> so. That's okay. It's all about the content. So so anyway, the last week I said to Doug, you know, I, I kinda miss doing the podcast. We should do a one off. And he's like, you know, it just so happens that uh, that there was you know that 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 the, it, your your cohorts weren't available this week. So so that's why I'm here. And and I've brought with me ambient sound. Hear that? Hear, hear the ice cubes? Do you hear the crackle? Do you hear this? The, this is cheap brandy, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, through the magic of audio, we're going to make it sound like like, like, like $10,000 cognac. $14.99 off the shelf. I buy it by the jug. Nice. Mm. Nice. All right. So, so, so Doug, you're, you're, you're driving here, man. I'm just, I'm just, that, that's pretty much all the, like, that's all the good material. <laughs> and I'm going to let the audience at home decide if that was actually good material because it's all downhill from here. Yeah, that's good. There's not much of an audience anymore, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, let's get it out of the way. Why don't you plug some of your stuff that you've got going on right now? That way you don't have to try to edit it into the conversation naturally later, and I don't have to get frustrated. It's funny. I do it at 12-minute intervals, actually. I've, oh, I've got, got this. Got it all trained. Yeah. yeah, it's this biological clock that, ding, you know, time to plug. Well... In the interim, I used to be a filmmaker, and I was a filmmaker who made... I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of the films that I made, but let's face it, they were very, very low budget, very in, in, indie fair. And a few years ago, I decided, oh, this filmmaking, what the heck am I doing? It's I'm proud of it, of course, but I decided I'm going to start to throw my attention into something that I used to really enjoy doing, and that was spoken word and audio drama. And then it turns out, all of a sudden, there was actually a market for, for this stuff. People were interested, because nobody's really doing it anymore. So I started producing these full cast audio plays um, with some of the uh, genre, some of the more famous genre actors out there. 
like we we did a production of Dracula starring Tony Todd. That was our first one. The Tony Todd of Candyman. Because I thought, hey, I've always wanted to see Tony Todd play Dracula. No one else is going to do it. I'm just making stuff, you know, I'm just making stuff that I want to hear. Yeah. No one else is going to do it. So let's see if uh, we can make it happen. And we did. And that actually did very, very well. In fact, we made more with that first audio than I did with my entire film catalog. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds about right. Than I did personally, anyway. And then, uh, then we worked with Sir Derek Jacobi, who's been Gladiator, Murder on the Orient Express, Cat File, a million things. He was, he was Sherlock Holmes. I played Watson opposite him. Uh, we did the Casting the Runes with David Warner from The Omen and Titanic and everything else as well. Uh, worked with a couple of the Doctor Who, Sylvester McCoy, who was also in the Hobbit films, Colin Baker, a couple of times, and uh, we did a production of H.P. Lovecraft's The Dunwich Horror, starring Robert Powell, who a lot of people, well, probably wouldn't recognize. This particular audience may not recognize, but he was Jesus in the Jesus of Nazareth miniseries from years ago, the Zeffirelli film, but uh, and a lot of other things. He was amazing. And then, most recently... And, and this is something that you're a fan of. This, you're is, fan... this is the cool one. This but, is the one I was hoping you'd bring up. I, I agree. I agree that this is the one that I'm the most excited about. Uh, uh, cult classic Canadian television, uh, kids' television series from the 1970s, uh, The Hilarious House of Frankenstein. Um, I became very good friends with uh, Mitch Markowitz, who is uh, the co-creator of the show and uh, the only surviving cast member. He played Super Hippie. Uh, and uh, pitched Mitch on the idea of doing an original Hilarious House of Frankenstein audio with a with a brand new cast. And uh, to make a long story short, he was down with it. We produced it. I get to play the count. I get to play the count and the librarian and other characters that I've always enjoyed, along with uh, some other actors. And most notably, one of you know one of those other actors happens to be Malcolm McDowell, who stepped in um, to do the Vincent Price part. That's and so- pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. It's going out everywhere uh, in, uh, uh, in in August, and we're doing some theater screening dates and Frankenstein celebrations. And uh, it all comes down to this right here. Now, the audience at home can't see this, but I'm half drunk, and you can see it. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me. This is this microphone here that is currently registering our voices. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful medium. The power of audio. The power of the imagination. The power of being able to do things on the cheap. So that's, you know, that it all comes down to this. I think it all comes down to podcasting for years and years. And podcasting is so big. Audio is so big right now. I think uh, people are probably getting to the point where they're so tired of the spectacle and, you know, the big, you know, the Marvel films. And, you know, yeah, there's a market for it. But it's like, you know what? It's nice to be able to retreat into our imagination sometimes and paint in that, paint in that, that scenery and the colors ourselves. It's like reading. That's the pitch. I won't. I, I, I won't do any. I won't do any more PR over the course of this program. You got it out of your system. Yeah, it's either I do, do it in twelve minute intervals, or I do it for twelve minutes straight. It's up to yeah. Do you want to blurt out a website or something for people who might be curious? Absolutely. Um, does it have to be my website, or could it be some of the uh, the midget porn I've been watching? Whatever you want to do, man. All right. So, and thank you for those links, by the way, Doug. Uh, <laughs> the website for for my endeavors: www.bleakdecember. Dot com or uh, just look me up on Facebook and uh, uh, it tickles me pink every time somebody uh, uh, likes something that I post. So, you know, just do it and just know that on the other end of that computer screen, there's a little squat man getting getting yeah, titillated. Be, and be titillated. careful liking stuff that Anthony posts. Absolutely. You might not be able to get rid of them. Mm. <laughs> it's it's very, difficult. Very, very true. But you know what? You know what? You know what I like? 
You know what I really, really like? What's that? All of a sudden. You like the segue so far? This is a segue. I'm setting up a segue. We don't do those on our show normally. You don't do the segues? No, we just, oh. one of us says something offensive and the other two tell him to shut up and then we change the subject. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I'll tell you what I like, Doug. I like the films of Jim Jarmusch. Now, I've only seen two films by Jim Jarmusch. Well, because they're the only two horror films he's done. Ha <laughs> There we go. We're on to something. Um... This whole show started off with you and I chatting about um, The Dead Don't Die. That's right. Which we had both caught last weekend and um, realized, hey, you know what? There's a show in this. We have to talk about this. What else has he done? Only Lovers Left Alive. Hey, I've always wanted to see that. Hey, I've never even thought of that movie, but I want to see it now. We both watched it, and boom, we've now got the two. You know, you might have some people who are tuning in for the first time. This is called buying time. This is called fluff. <laughs> so the people who are tuning in for the first time, just just to refresh me, Doug, what, what is the concept of your program? The concept of the program is we uh, pick two movies that are somehow at least loosely connected. We watch them. Mm-hmm. Most weeks we're doing a lot more grindhousey 70s stuff, sometimes some 80s slashers. This week we're actually going with some new movies. Are you doing the midget porn? We do very little midget porn on this uh, podcast. That's right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Uh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't air my shortcomings. But um, whoa, yes, we went there. Um, I do apologize if there are any, um, you know, uh, little people who listen to the program. Uh, but uh, now that I've, uh, you'll just edit all this out and post. No, you won't. Um, anyway, so we're we're here. So two different films that are some, you know, that are sort of connected. I like that idea. And. Yeah. This is like the perfect combination of two films because they're two films that um, present very, very wide palette uh, depictions of absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's interesting. The thing I've learned about uh, Jim Jarmusch as a filmmaker this week is that his stories aren't really stories. He just likes to kind of introduce you to some characters, have some weird shit happen, and uh, move on from there. (laughs) But goddamn. Am I allowed to say goddamn on the show? do what you'd like. All right. You've said midget porn three times. You can swear once in a while too. I guess. Well, you know, it's about it's about talking about what you know. Um, but but goddamn, um, he he creates some some really really interesting characters, really really interesting characters that you want to spend time with, or you don't even you may not even want to spend time with them. You you you, you just want to kind of watch their journey, watch them make toast, which is pretty much where where these films go, you know. But and and see where see how their their stories unfold. So yeah. And- one, one of the things that I've noticed is he seems to be able to get really good actors into these roles. So even though the character's not doing much, you've got an actor who's creating a depth of character in, in both of these two movies, at least, that they're interesting to, to watch even when they're not doing anything. When you get a Tom Hiddleston just kind of laying on a couch strumming a guitar, mm. because he's such a charismatic individual, you start to want to watch that and it's strange how much you enjoy watching him do nothing and then have silly little petty arguments with his vampire wife which is yeah what goes on why don't we why don't we do this why don't we get into some vague plot descriptions in the movies and then we can go through each one and discuss what we liked didn't like what we think worked what we thought was interesting okay well well i'm an introvert so i'm gonna follow your i'm gonna <laughs> follow your introvert lead. <laughs> i'm gonna follow your lead <laughs> he can't make money from us discussing these movies so <laughs> He's no longer interested. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, All right. So um, I, I guess I guess we'll go chronologically. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Only lovers left alive. I just watched this last night, so it's the most uh, it's the most prescient in my mind. Um, 
it's Jim Jarmusch doing vampires. It's uh, it's a vampire love story. It's a vampire slice of life. Um, it focuses on uh, on primarily two vampires, Adam and Eve. Adam is played by Tom Hiddleston, and you're right when you say he's charismatic. I think he's on the short list of, for James Bond, from what I understand as well. Uh, he, everybody's on the short list for James Bond. I think he could be the guy who gets it, it though. Doesn't I, bother me. I think he'd be a solid Bond. Him or Chris Hemsworth, I think. I don't like Hemsworth as Bond at all. No. Okay. All right. So too H- jokey. Hiddleston's the dude. <laughs> <laughs> there we decided that. <laughs> so Hiddleston plays uh, play, plays Adam, uh, and Adam is a, a recluse who lives in this very very old rundown Victorian home uh, in the outskirts of Detroit. And Detroit, what a really interesting setting! De- decrepit Detroit. This is during the um, the housing crisis or the uh, or, or, or the financial crisis. Well, Post financial crisis, yeah. So yeah, it's a perfect setting for a vampire movie because Detroit, for those people who don't know, is full of abandoned neighborhoods. Absolutely. So and, and one of the one of the weird characteristics that Tom Hiddleston's character has is he's figured out how to capture electricity in various ways that he's learned over his hundreds of years of being alive. And then, so he, he he's he's like the only house on the street with electricity and he's got a car that doesn't require fuel and he's just able to live in this neighborhood where there's no one else. And as a recluse vampire, that's a pretty good spot to be. And and all of the stuff is only just kind of glazed over. So it's touched upon there there's a reference to Tesla. There's a reference to a lot of a lot of um, historical figures uh, from from times gone by, because he, of course, is a very very old vampire. We don't know how how old he is, but he's very very old. And he knew Schubert. He knew Tesla. He knew um, he made there suggestions that he might have been Paganini. Um, there are certainly suggestions that his character, uh, that Adam has uh, written some of the greatest compositions of all time, has been responsible for for new waves in music. Um, and he spends his nights strumming his instruments, recording, creating sounds, um, leading a very hermetic existence. He's not out. These aren't vampires that are out and about prowling and, and killing and drinking blood. He, uh, he procures his blood from, uh, from, 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 from a hospital, from a crooked, uh, crooked doctor or, or, or lab tech who, uh, who's selling typo negative, which almost has euphoric qualities, it appears, inside. Yeah, it's, it's their favorite. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. All the vampires like the typo negative more than other Yeah. for some reason. It's not really explained why. He's got a dude. He's got a dude. A dude who is among the living. The zombies, as he calls them. Uh, played by, I hate saying this, the late Anton Yelchin. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, Yelchin was great. He was a great presence on screen. He would have gone far. Um Anton Yelchin, who hooks him up with uh, some classic, you know, some 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 phenomenal vintage guitars and other things as well. Money doesn't seem to be an issue, and I guess when you're this old, you, you you've learned how to invest. And... I think the implication is that he's still selling music. He just doesn't yeah. perform publicly at this point. That's right. That's right. Um, and then across the globe in Algier, it's Algier, right? Tangier. Tangier. Got your Tangier, you got your algae, it's all the same. In Tangier, thank you. Just uh, turned off our Tangierian listeners, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Tangier, we have um, uh, we have his wife, it turns out, his, his wife of many centuries, Eve, played by um, David Bowie. It's actually Tilda Swinton, but I can see how you may get confused. Absolutely. You know, she she reminds me so much of David Bowie, especially in The Hunger as well. Uh, and if they ever do a Bowie biopic, um, it, it's got to be Tilda Swinton, right? <laughs> who, who she's, you know, she's almost 60. She's like 58 or 59. Really? Yeah. She's, she she, looks, 
Well, she looks exactly the same as she did in everything I've ever seen her in. So either she used to look old or now she looks young. I'm not sure. I actually think this is a biopic. And she's yeah, playing herself. She's, I see. I could be so. So she she lives in Tangier, and which is a which is a of course a, a very very ancient um, uh, civilization. Um, you have all the old buildings, and you know it's a, a lot of, a lot of murky corridors and people shifty people selling things, and you know in, in the shadows, and uh, and actually it's 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 the perfect it's the perfect place for a vampire to stalk the uh, stalk the alleyways at night. And and I think my favorite character in this whole thing is is a buddy of hers, um, John Hurt, who um, who turns out to be to have been Christopher Marlowe. Marlowe, of course, was a was a uh, a contemporary uh, and and uh, rival to uh, to Shakespeare. And there's a lot of references that you, you can kind of piece together who he was. So so he lives in Tangier as well. And um, anyway, make a long story short, not a lot happens, but it's very, very heavy on, 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 on emotional moments. Adam and Eve are brought back together and uh, they, their, their, their love story rekindles. It seems like they, they've loved each other for so long that they can't live together, but they need to be with each other. And um, life or unlife is going tickety-boo until her sister, Ava, shows up and then when Ava shows up she's a she's she's the shit the server she's a wild girl she's a vampire as well and um she she sets up certain circumstances that force them to return to to flee Detroit and for uh to to, to relocate to Tan to Tangier is it Tangier or Tangier 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 thank yep. you Tangier and uh and then the film sort of just kind of ends ends yeah, um, it's it's a really interesting, like, you described it as a vampire slice of life movie, and that's perfect. I mean, it's, we see these two characters, we're never really explained why they're living apart. Um, we see that they have some sort of connection that she realizes he's in pain, so she travels the world mm-hmm. to be with him. So there's obviously a true love there. And she's got some sort of a, uh, of a power as well, where she can touch an object and, and know how old it is. Be able she to. can she can feel certain things about it. it's again not explained. She can Why read with her fingers. Anything? Yeah, she yeah. can read with her fingers, or she can touch certain things and find out how old they are. And her sister has the same power. Mm-hmm. You notice when her sister shows up because her sister and Adam don't get along. So Adam tells her to leave her gloves on in the house <laughs> so oh, that she can't yeah. touch any of his stuff. That's right. Which is kind of funny. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's a really it really is just this kind of like day in the life of these vampires now a day takes a lot longer for them because their lives are a lot longer mm-hmm. but it really is just a lot of them playing chess they drive around at night and he shows her the sights of detroit uh which include uh an old theater and jack white's house well, <laughs> it's like, I, ha- I actually looked up that old theater that's a parking lot the michigan yeah. theater fascinating building it's it's the real deal and that's the thing, you know, I, I, I have to think of Nosferatu when I look at this movie because um, you have the city of Bremen, which of course is decrepit and it's overrun with rats and there's death everywhere. And and really Detroit substitutes for that perfectly. It's not death as we know it. It's not like a mortal death. It's a it's a financial death. It's it's like, like yeah. life, life has depleted. Well, yeah, I mean, the, this whole thing of going to this old theater that's now being used as a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I've looked it up before myself. That's a real thing. And it's really sad and depressing. I gotta check this and place out. I, w- I will do this next time I'm in. Detroit. This would be neat, yeah. But it's it's interesting that it, it all feeds into this Adam character. He's sort of 
He's actually suicidal. He, mm. There's a little mini plot where he has, goes and has a wooden bullet made so that he can kill himself when he decides to get around to it. And you, you can see why someone who was in a depressed state would move there. You can also see why being there would not help you get out of your depressed mm-hmm, state. Mm-hmm. But it also might help you create this music that seems to be his driving force in his day-to-day life. So it's all really very interesting, but you have to be thinking about it. You it's know? a movie about addiction, too, I think. I think... Uh, I think Addiction is, is addressed there with uh, with their consumption of blood and how, you know, they're constantly struggling with wanting to take that fresh hit right right out of someone. Um, there's a sequence where they're, where they're sitting with uh, with Ava and Anton Yelchin's character in, uh, in, in a bar and they're passing around a flask of the, uh, 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 of the blood. And it, it's, it's almost like they're, they're getting high, they're getting, they're getting their hit. Yeah. And, of course, it leads to disastrous results. But these are very, very civilized vampires. These are civilized, evolved vampires. Um, like, it, it, it's it's a film that that came out of left field, and it did very, very well. Critics love this movie, and yeah. audiences like it's already developed a, a, a cult following, and I could see why. Um, but it's the type of film like wow, the 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 author. The author of this of this movie obviously has a very very specific uh, touch and 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 approach to storytelling. And had this been the first Jim Jarmusch film that that, that I'd seen versus you know versus starting with uh, the Dead Don't Die, um, I would have been smitten in a very very different way, and probably disappointed by the next film because it doesn't fall into the same mold that I was looking for. Yeah, it's a very different film. Like... The similarities we're going to talk about with both of these movies is they're extremely well shot. The use of the lighting and the... I mean, in this case, it's Detroit, where most of the film takes place. In the next film, it's a small town. But still, the way that he's able to shoot and make you feel like you're in that location Mm -hmm. is really well done. Um, Like I say, the the characters, even though they don't have much to do, are interesting to be with. Yeah. And so we get... I, I mean, I personally... I was smiling the whole time when the little sister character shows up, Ava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She shows up and it's like, they start having the same type of bickering arguments that, you know, any couple would have if it was like, you know, a married couple in their 30s and the teenage sister comes to stay with yeah. them for a little while. And she's staying out late at night and waking them up when she comes home. And she's eating all the food out of the fridge and he's getting frustrated. That's and right. it's all very funny. And I mean, I guess we might as well throw out a spoiler. I don't think spoiling plot points matters much in these movies but it culminates with her killing the Anton Yelchin character mm-hmm. and it's like that it, it, the way they all react it's exactly mm-hmm. how you would expect a sitcom family to react Bingo. if they came downstairs and like the teenage her had come home drunk and knocked over their favorite lamp or something right it's like oh you broke my stuff and, yeah. then, and then except in this case it actually leads to them having to you know it starts with them telling her she's got to go you're not you're no longer welcome here but then it leads to adam and eve having to move back to tangier just to make sure that they're not found out it's probably the it's probably the 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 climax of the film like the one thing that causes you know that sets everything into a to to a direction it's it's the only thing that happens it is but but it's not even it's not even huge it's not like it leads to disastrous you know disastrous outcomes it's just it's something that happens it's a high point of drama ish yeah. And then, then the movie kind of continues to 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 the ending that an ending that I'm happy with. Yeah, I mean it's it's not an ending at the end of the day. It, I mean, it, we can get into the specifics. The they get back to Tangier and they're struggling because they haven't had food in a while. Mm-hmm. 
and they find out that John Hurt's character has passed away because he got some tainted blood, which is tainted blood. Sorry, it's a uh, it's one of the background discussions that goes on throughout the movie, is that if you don't get your blood from the right spot, hum- humans or zombies, as they call us, are uh, so unhealthy these days that you almost can't just drink exactly human blood anymore because there's a high likelihood of it having something in it and they're never clear as to what would be in it so i'm not sure if they're referencing drug use or what they're doing could be could be drug use could be aids could be yeah. uh, could be anything but um, it, but you know again we, it comes back to the concept of addiction right you know an addiction and you have to make sure that your drug is clean but you know in this movie i fully expected and again this is spoiler territory here so but you fully expect the movie's going to end with somebody with one of the vampires dying and 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 yeah. it's gonna, you know, but no, no, it's, it's good. That, that, I, I didn't, and I didn't. I I like these characters so much. I didn't want either of them to. to no, it's to the, the movie. The, the final shot is it's a really well done shot. It's they're back. I think they're back in Tangier. They are, and they're listening to a woman sing in a bar, and they're kind of hanging out just outside in front of the bar, and they're desperate for food, and mm-hmm. they just they see a couple making out, and they kind of look at each other and go, well, I guess we gotta. He's got to go eat those people. And they just, they're walking towards them. And that's how the film ends. And it becomes a vampire movie in that very, very final shot, you know, with the, yeah. with the, with, with the, you know, the, uh, the, the morphed eyes and the teeth. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the only frightful shot in the film. Yeah. I, I would say that. I would say there's a really good vampire moment at the beginning and a really good vampire moment at the end as far as the appearance of the vampires. In the opening scenes of the movie, when we're being introduced to the characters, we get all three of our main vampire characters waking up at the same time. And Tom Hiddleston's character is in this state of depression, and uh, Tilda Swinton's character is you know, kind of waking up and realizing that he's in this, pro- in this problematic state. Mm-hmm. And we see them, but we also get a close-up of John Hurt waking up. And we see John Hurt's, you know, his fangs that are kind of like yellowed and old because he's such an old man at this mm-hmm. point. And I think it's, it's, it's wonderfully shot because they're... You know, we see um, we see blood on the fangs, and yes. we see, but we see that these two younger vampires are these still like attra- physically attractive people who are just like happen to have these teeth hidden away, and then John Hurt's character has got like you know I don't know how to put it like they're the teeth look like they've been growing. Yeah, he, he's he's been around for so long. You 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 feel that there's a world weary sense to him. Yeah, I I love old man John Hurt in movies now. Oh like, yeah, he's is, great. Yeah, it yeah. started with Snowpiercer was the first time that I really yeah. fell in love with him as an old man actor, and he's he's fantastic he, in things. like He was old for decades, and now he, he's passed away. Of course, yeah, but, unfortunately. But. Um, there, you know, there's one shot in the film that struck me. There's a sequence where you see Tom Hiddleston and uh, Tilda Swinton uh, sleeping during the day, and they're sleeping comp- entirely naked, and they both look like corpses. Yeah, because they're both they're both naturally pale people. Yeah, they are. And then they're kind of uh, there must be makeup or whatever effects being used to make them look even more pale. It was startling. You got the sense that you were watching two corpses, and I thought and I thought they're laying perfectly still. Yeah, it's... bloody good movie. I enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah, I mean. I'm usually a guy who says, "Well, you got to have a, you have to have good characters and a good plot to make a movie work, mm-hmm. and then everything else is superfluous." And in this case, we got one out of the two. We mm-hmm. had the good characters. There was really no plot. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, it's almost like we were just checking in with people and getting to know them. And, and I'm and I'm glad for it. I, I'd love to know what happens from here. It, you know, is, is there is there another movie that we'll we'll see at some point? Probably not. No. But but I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, it, it's very much a departure from what I 
well, I can't say Departure. I've only seen one other film by Jim. Um, but it, it was a very, very different film from The Dead Don't Die. It's a high recommend for me. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. it's. Uh, I love the ambiguity of the ending too. That's I, I do enjoy a good ambiguous ending. In this case, I think with them going to eat from people for the first time in the mm-hmm. movie after actively avoiding that throughout the rest of the film, mm-hmm. we are left with that question of are they going to end up with contaminated blood? Are they going to end up like John Hurt? Or are they going to get away with it the way Ava got away with it for so long? I think and we don't know. There's no way to know. This is a good companion piece to The Hunger, I think, which is very much the same type of yeah. slow unfolding. I haven't seen The Hunger in so long, I wouldn't want to comment. Well, I don't, you know, the last time I saw The Hunger, I uh, I was uh, under the influence of a, of a herbal cigarette. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. But to me, it seemed like it was very much you know it was very much a, 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 a slow burn and this is a very very slow burn um but again worth the uh, it's worth the journey and uh and a very 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 high recommend the dead don't die do you have any sort of transition that you do at this point or do you just go into the next movie? no we usually uh, sometimes if like usually by this point in the discussion no one i would be yelling at each other and brian would go all right all right all right does anybody have anything else to say no let's move on all right are you ready to move on to the next movie we can move on to the next okay movie. and you know what just so i sound intelligent or, or 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 you know just moderately so while we're doing this i'm actually going to pull up the uh the the wikipedia page for the dead don't die while doug sets this one up oh okay so i mean the plot description for the dead don't die is pretty basic um there's this really weird town. There's uh, Bill Murray's the sheriff. Adam Driver is his deputy. The uh, there's a weird hermit that lives just outside of town. And Played by Tom Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits. Tom Waits, who was and Renfield the, in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. For those who think, oh, I think I recognize that guy from something. And of course, he's a famous musician as well. Yeah, I mean, most people know him as a musician. But um, yeah, another. I mean, it, it is just. It's like a long episode of the TV show Fargo. Like, it's just <laughs> everybody is kind of weird and awkward, and then zombies show up for a little while. We're never really told why. Well, we're, it's implied that it's due to uh, fracking at the uh, North and South Pole that have put the Earth off its axis. Mm-hmm. So basically, just one day, the, the sun doesn't go down when you're expecting it to, and things are getting all strange, and uh, the next thing you know, zombies... And then uh, that's that's just about it. The whole town's just trying to deal with zombies for a while, and that's the end of it. I think I said to you, I feel that this is kind of uh, Jarmusch's take on Plan 9 from Outer Space, because you have the elements of the undead. You've got the elements of the the two cops as sort of your, your pseudo narrators that walk you through it. You've got the... You've got uh, uh, a, a UFO. Uh, you've got alien interference. Um, it's... In, you know, and, and you've, you've got wooden acting. You've got uh, you've got questionable, you know, questionable motives. And I will say this because you mentioned this to me off mic. I went ahead and watched Plan Nine from Outer Space last night. Wow, I watched Ed Wood actually. Okay, yeah. So okay, wow. So um, yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while, but I, I try to tend to watch it once for every time somebody brings it up in conversation. Wow, and uh, I. I don't necessarily agree with your assertion that this is a take on Plan 9 from Outer Space because Plan 9 from Outer Space is very much about the aliens. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time with the aliens. It is them doing their whole thing. This movie is really about the townsfolk. That's the sure, So one could argue it's a similar plot-wise. 
again, we don't get a proper explanation for the zombies here. <laughs> Aliens is one possible explanation. Polar fracking is another. Depends how left wing you are, I guess. Which yeah, one? Yeah, that's believe. right. That's right. Um, so you, you you could argue that it's similar plot wise. You could argue that it's totally different. Uh, as far as the wooding acting goes, I think it's very clear in The Dead Don't Die that all the wooding acting is intentional. Completely. Because and it comes mainly from our two main characters. We get it does. different types of acting from different people. Oh, and, and listen, let's talk about people. Let's talk about the cast in this. I mean, I mean the, the roster of people that, uh, that Jarmusch was able to attract, Bill Murray and Adam Driver, as already mentioned, Tilda Swinton's back in a very, very different role. You very have Clo- weird role. Very weird role. <laughs> we'll discuss that. You have Chloe Savigny. You've got Steve Buscemi. Danny Glover, you've got Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, Carol Kane, Selena Gomez, Tom Waits, uh, Larry Fessenden is in this as well, and he's one of those uh, he's one of those character actors that pops up in you know in in, in some. There's, there's a few other faces you'd recognize. That... Sturgill Simpson for the uh, for the country western fans out there or country music fans. Is Sergio Simpson an actor in the film? Oh, yeah. So he's he, also responsible for the theme song. He plays, His name gets dropped a lot. Oh, does it ever? <laughs> and you could actually buy that single as well with the same cover art. Oh, yeah? see. Uh, he, he was Guitar Zombie. He's dragging the guitar okay, at one yeah. point. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, after after uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, uh, Jarmusch is certainly on the radar of a lot of very, very creative people. And he's like one. He's like this this Woody Allen type director now, where I think he can kind of cast that net, and you're gonna you're gonna get all these all you know, all these devoted. He's, he's also done a, a lot of stuff involving musicians in that. And it seems to play a role in his movies as well as him wanting to be involved in directing. For sure, docu- I think he did a documentary about the Stooges. That's how he knows Iggy Pop and things like that. Oh right. So um, he, he attracts you know the Tom Waits, the Iggy Pop, these types of people right. to. These movies, probably that's how like a Selena Gomez ends up in there too, because she thinks it'll help her pop career. Or something. <laughs> I don't know, um, but it's you know it's interesting to see these this many people show up. Most of it is stunt casting because most of them don't have a lot to do. No, that's I right. Mean, There's a lot of just like kind of like a lot for in a lot of cases these were one day shoots, right? Yeah, I, I suspect. Um, so you get like a, you know some of it is just I think it's just budget based, right? You get Iggy Pop, you make him a zombie. That way you save money on makeup and, and wardrobe because he, he doesn't need any. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the first movie he's done. It's got to be one of the first films that he's, he's ever done. He's done some other stuff, I think, small things. But he was he was entertaining in this. I was quite I was quite surprised. Uh, the, the, I love the fact that the fourth wall gets broken so many times as well. Like, well, we, it's, it's really interesting because, as I said, uh, Bill Murray and Adam Driver are very different from everybody else. When those two get alone in a car together, they totally know they're in a movie. Yeah, I don't think anybody else in the movie knows they're in a movie. Well, it starts off where they're listening to the to the Sturgill Simpson's a song on the radio. I, I recognize that. Well, it's 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 the theme. It's the theme song to the movie that we're in. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. why I recognize it. And they keep going. And later, it's like. At one point, when they start complaining about the director right on screen, I know. And I know. Bill Murray's doing the. Do you know how much stuff I've done for this guy? And that's funny because those two have worked together in the past. That's if you follow back their careers, pretty awesome. And it's you know it's pretty hilarious. But I love the fact that it ends when they they get out of the car. Yeah. And now they're they're not. Now they don't know they're in a movie anymore. Nobody else knows they're in a exactly, movie. exactly, and and that's and that's a great motif. They reference the script, you know. Uh, I love the fact that Adam Driver is always making references to, you know, it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
there's also references to other film work that they've done as well. So there's uh, uh, Adam Driver's character Ronnie carries a uh, carries a Star Wars keychain. He's got a he's got a um, what is yeah. it? The um, I forget which destroyer. Ship it was the uh, is it a Star Destroyer? Yeah, that's the one. The I big tri- remember which ship it was. Big triangular one. He's got that keychain, and there is a moment, and and the moment I saw the scene, I I uh, I turned to the person I was with and I said, "That's Venkman." Um, Bill Murray delivers a line, and I know it's Venkman. He's definitely channeling Venkman. Zombies? You're telling me it's zombies? <laughs> it was. It was the way. It, it wasn't Cliff, the character that he's playing. That was totally Venkman. Watch the film. You'll, I think you'll agree with me. I, when I rewatch the film, I'm watching out for that. Cause... So you know, um, and that's great because Murray's back for Ghostbusters three, which maybe we can chat about that after. Sure, we can do a. I'll do, we'll do a break after we're done discussing the movies. And Sounds good. That way Brian gets to edit more. Ha! <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Um, any, anyway, so you know, little, little, little things like that. And, uh, and, and again, all these wonderful characters. You've got, your, you've got Steve Buscemi in there as a bigoted farmer who, of course, gets his, I think. Um, you've got Carol Kane as a corpse that, gets, that becomes reanimated. Um, you've got uh, a subplot that doesn't get resolved at all with the, the kids in, in, in Juvie. No, it's not really a subplot. It's just there are some kids in juvie that we cut to once in a while, and they they, they yeah. seem to they get out when there's zombies coming. They freak out and they manage to escape, and then, then that's all. Nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> you've, you've got uh, you've got a dude who works in uh, in a in, in a convenience store, gas station slash uh, horror ephemera uh, uh, little salon. Uh, I want to check out that store. By the way, the store looked cool. It was just like it reminded me of like uh, Captain Spaulding's. Spot. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, except without the fried chicken. Um, yeah, I. And the thing is, it's they set up all this stuff. Like that guy, he starts having a little flirtation with uh, Selena Gomez when she comes in. Doesn't and go she anywhere. She buys a CD from him. And by the end of the movie, they're both dead, and it doesn't matter. And of course, the CD she buys is the single of "The Dead Don't Die" by Sturgill Simpson. Yes. Um, yeah, but but you know what? I if it was any other film, I would probably be infuriated. If, if if Kingstown Ted was here, uh, we we know how he feels about unresolved storylines. <laughs> so I think he'd be going nuts. Uh, but I, you know, under any other circumstance, I probably would have been peeved by that. And yet, totally worked in this. I enjoyed the riot. I enjoyed, you know, this is this, this is again spoiler territory here. This is the complete opposite of Only Lovers Left Alive because the movie does not have a good ending. It's got a very very bleak ending, yep. and I'm fine with that as well. Tilda Swinton. Okay, why does she fly away in a spaceship? Well, why is she a samurai? Okay, enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. You know, I was I was I went to see this movie with a friend who doesn't normally watch your more independent movies. He tends to see more mainstream stuff, but he wanted to see this one because he likes zombies. And I said, sure. And it was over and we were walking out of the theater and he goes, I I expected more stuff to happen. And I went, <laughs> Oh yeah? And he's like I liked it though yeah. and I think he was genuinely confused as to how he managed to enjoy this film and I think that that's a perfectly reasonable reaction I can't it's very difficult I, I again I'll recommend this film to people I think it was very fun to watch I, I can't tell you which character I liked I can't tell you what plot point I liked I mean yeah it was fun to watch Iggy Pop eat uh, yeah eat a waitress in a diner that was funny I liked the the little twist because uh, comedy zombies tend to be able to talk yes that goes back to 1995 so. yeah. yeah I like that every zombie had like one word they could remember yeah <laughs> they, could, they could all remember one word of whatever their favorite thing was it's funny I went, I went into this to this and again the my uh, the individual that I saw it with said to me uh, 
I don't understand why this isn't playing in the mainstream theater. And then when we got out, oh. <laughs> but, you know, you know, but again, that's fine. That's fine. It was a completely different experience. A, a good companion piece, possibly, to Shaun of the Dead, which is, the, so, which is way more is, commercial. I would say this is the closest thing to an American version of Shaun of the Dead we've ever gotten. Sure, sure. It's not as good as Shaun of the Dead, but that's not fair. Um, it's different. It's a different animal. Yeah, and it is really just... Uh, I mean, you know what? While we're doing that, I just want to see what uh, what else Jarmusch has done because because that 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 really worked for me. That really really worked. He's for never me. done anything else I've seen. I've gone through, I went through the list because I'm like, oh, I must have seen other stuff he's done. He's hugely influential, and everyone talks about him. And I'm like, no, some of these have been on my to watch list at some point. But and and he's not a young guy too. He's like uh, he's like 66 years old. Yeah, he's been making movies since the '80s. Oh, coffee yeah. and cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> coffee and okay. I, so, so he's been making movies since 1980. So, uh, let's see, Dead Man, which I never saw. Now I need to. Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. Need to see that. Coffee and cigarettes. Broken Flowers with Bill oh, Murray. Wait, we just fixed it. That's why I told the sentence of Samurai. It's a callback to his previous film. Ah, there yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe there'll be a crossover, and she has to fight. Who's in? Ghost Dog. That's a for, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, so maybe she, he has to fight Tilda Swinton in the crossover film later. I'm oh, that's sure. interesting. So I, I didn't realize that... Was she in that? No. No, she wasn't in that movie. No. I don't know. In Well, you know, there's there's a few in here that I've got to check out, including Broken Flowers, because I'm a Bill Murray fan, and that's kind of been I on my short list. I think I saw like half of Broken Flowers once, and it's like Bill Murray, when he was doing his dramatic thing... And he plays like a middle-aged guy going through like his mid midlife crisis. I can relate. To going that. around to uh, meet up with all of his former flames to discuss life with them. Really? Which, yeah. Oh. So I don't know if that's interesting to you or not, but. Oh, I think it's I think it's inevitable. Oh, the movie. Sorry, um, <laughs> but you, you know what? I, I, I've got to give it a try. I've never seen Dead Man as well. I know I know it's got a great reputation. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. got a cult following. Johnny Depp, right? Right. So I, it sounds to me uh, that I, I need to check out Dead Man. I, either way, uh, this being my introduction to Jim Jarmusch, um, I, I feel that I'm going to be I'm going to be part of that 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 chorus of voices that's excited when another film gets announced. Yeah, because I can see that. I, I might have to keep returning to his work and just checking out well, what he's doing. I'm, I'm very curious to see something he did that isn't sort of horror adjacent, the way these two films were, because. He did the horror stuff really well. The vampires looked really yeah. good. We talked about that. The zombies in this film look great. Yeah, they did. The yeah. gore is fantastic. It's that just that perfect mix where it's fun to watch the gore happen because you're watching a, a more of a lighthearted movie. But I think if you did the same type of gore in a darker movie, it would be upsetting, which is perfect. You get you, you got to yeah. nail that, and it's hard to do. I think this is um, I think this is friendly art house. You know, it's it's certainly it, it it it's art house, but it's not pretentious art house, and that's that's not easy. That's that's not easy to do. It's um it, it's it's art house that um that is accessible, and and that's and that's what I liked, especially only lovers left alive. That's what really really worked for me. The fact that you know, like if you give it to um, what's his name, Luca Guadino, the guy who did the Suspiria remake, if if he was handling this, or the folks who did Hereditary, if he was handling that type of of material, it would be such a heady and and pretentious film. Um, whereas this this was accessible. There was a lot of humor, commercial, very American, and uh, yeah, really really enjoyed both of them. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a fan of this guy now. I think so, too. I think it's, I am also a fan. It's because I like movies that are about nothing, but I don't think I do. Yeah. 
It's weird. It's, wow, I'm down with it. Is this where we change gears? Sure. Do you have like a throw? Do you have a cutaway, a segue, a bumper? There's a bumper. There's a bumper. I wonder if Brian is going to listen to this closely enough to edit in that bumper. Well, if not, then it comes down to the power of the imagination and audio painting that palette. Think of the bumper right here, right now, this very moment, there's a bumper and either it's going to play or it's not going to play. This is so exciting. You're about to find out in three, two... Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. And we're back. And possibly we never went anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters 3. This is actually uh, very, very near and dear to us in, in, in many ways because um, uh, Dan Aykroyd actually lives about 10 clicks south, uh, north rather, of where, we, uh, where we're recording this episode right now. And yeah, appara- I, bring it, I bring it up on the podcast as much as possible. And apparently... The uh, the teaser trailer was shot on uh, shot on his farm. Oh really? Yeah, That's yeah, nice. right in our backyard. So, um, h- how are you feeling about this? Ghostbusters three is happening. It's yeah. There's a date. There's there's casting. I, I'm excited about the cast yeah, that mean, we got so far. As soon as they started announcing that all the old cast was coming back, I got happy mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily want. I I never wanted a hard reboot. Mm-hmm. which is what they tried to do once already. Um, I'm sort of glad they're ignoring it. I've never seen it, so I can't say it's a bad movie, but I'm not going to see it. So I can tell you that I'm glad that they're ignoring it and going yeah. back to the original universe. I know at one point there was talk of them bringing in like other Ghostbusters and having the, the old cast play a, a small role of just kind of passing the torch. It seems like now they might be doing that, but they're playing into the bringing in really young kids, so that'll be kind of a strangers thing type scenario oh interesting i'm curious i'm curious too i mean i mean you've got jason reitman directing it his father uh ivan reitman of course directed the first two films and i think ivan's actually producing this movie um bill murray is bill murray's confirmed back for them to actually have you know there was a time when the rumor was bill murray refused to come back unless he played the ghost of Peter Venkman in the movie. Yeah. And goddamn, I hope that that's what happens. Well, either, that would be the best thing ever. Either that, or I think there might be another ghost in this. Um, let's face it, Harold Ramis, who played Egon Spangler, is not with us anymore. But considering how good technology is right now, as far as you know, like 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 Peter Cushing in Rogue One, um, I think that they could that if the producers or the filmmaker uh, chose to create a ghost version of Egon that it would look fantastic yeah and I'd be okay with that I mean I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of what they did with Peter Cushing and bringing him back I, I did think mm-hmm. it was done well um, and it'll just be done better in the future I didn't mind it when it happened once in a Star Wars movie I don't want it to become a regular thing where we bring back our favorite actors likewise so but I mean if you made him a ghost that then, that would sort of work either, either yeah. that or, or recast him with either Jeff Goldblum or Eugene Levy. Come on, either of those guys. Come on, you know. It'll never happen. Although apparently Goldblum was up for the role in the original film. Oh, okay. That that would be interesting. But I don't know useless trivia like that. It's, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. Um, uh, Sigourney Weaver's back as Dana Barrett. Annie Potts is back as uh, Janine. 
Uh, Rick Moranis is... It, 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 he hasn't been confirmed yet, but he's already he's doing things now. Like, he came yeah. back as Dark Helmet for the Goldbergs episode uh, last this past... Oh, did he really? Yeah, I watched it. I didn't it. see that one. I've never seen an episode of the Goldbergs, but I've watched um, the... Uh, I watched the Freddy bit with uh, Robert England, and I watched the Dark Helmet bit with Rick Moranis, and it's him. I'm going to be searching that. Yeah, it's it's up, it's up out there on YouTube. Um, I've, I've got a lot of hope for this movie, and... I, I did see the re, the um, the reboot the 2016 film and I did enjoy it. There's a director's cut that's um, considerably more entertaining than the theatrical. It's a lot longer, but it's better. It's a different animal and it's a different universe. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of good in there too. Um, but it's not my Ghostbusters. Okay. So then anything else you want to talk about while you're here? I I I I, I don't know. Have you watched I've... anything lately that you're excited about? Oh, that I'm excited don't about. Don't list no, your own no. movies. Oh That's no. Not fair. <laughs> you know, I gotta be honest. Um, I I got hooked on Santa Clarita Diet. I don't know if you watched Santa Clarita Diet. I have watched it. Oh I mentioned man. it on the show. Possibly, uh, possibly the best uh, quasi horror programming out there, and a lot of people just. Don't didn't seem to know that because the fucking thing's been cancelled. Yeah, I'm not happy about it either. Um, Timothy Oliphant is probably like the most talented man on television. He's he's really good in the show. Oh my god, Drew Barrymore. You know it's funny. The, the first couple of episodes, I thought Drew Barrymore was horribly miscast, and I was I couldn't I couldn't be I couldn't be any more wrong because she was fantastic in this. Yeah, she's great. I I really enjoyed that show. Uh, Nathan Fillion and then then Alan Tudyk in the last se- uh, last yeah, season. Perfect. Um, everybody in this thing just just rocked yeah. it. Even the the younger kids that are were actors I didn't know. I thought they did a really good job. With oh yeah, those they roles. sure did. And it was it was super fun, and it was the perfect kind of Netflix show where like mm-hmm. once a year they gave you six episodes or were eight episodes, whatever it was. It was well suited to that because I don't think you want twenty two episodes of something with that kind of tone and theme to it. No, no, and and, and every episode is is golden too. Yeah. Um, the special effects, the gore, the gore is fantastic. The nice thing is, yeah, it's been canceled, but they knew it was being canceled, so they they wrapped it up, like the Ish. show's wrapped up. Ish. It's it's fine, you know. There'd be room for more, but they're you know it's it's good good as is. Um, I I can't imagine you watched Sabrina. No, I have not. Well, we'll just leave I, that one. Off I got, I got into a floor. long discussion with this about with my ten year old niece who really, really <laughs> likes it, so I can I can get you in touch with her if you want to chat with her about. Right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, that was some horror program. Oh, hey, I watched The Terror. Oh, that's it, on my list. I oh, haven't seen it. Man, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Like this is this is a great time to be a genre fan, and it's a great time to be a consumer of media. I don't have traditional cable. I've I've got rid of it. I yeah. I had it for like a year because it was free, and I never used it except to watch the new Magnum. <laughs> I, I regret nothing but uh anyway i mean i mean it's it's a great time to be a consumer of 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 genre media because there's so much out there prime is great netflix is, is fantastic uh prime prime is great and and the are terror you on, are you on shutter what i'm on shutter oh, am i on shutter i'm on shutter <laughs> i was i was on shutter before you were a twinkle in your father's eye no um i um I think that was racist i am it, it wasn't intended to be, but yeah. A lot of what goes on in this show is not intended to be racist. <laughs> uh, but the terror is a great show, and of course, season two now. There's a trailer out as of today. It hit, starring George Takei. Nice. Yeah, it takes place. It's, it takes place. It's it's based on 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 Japanese history, and um, or a moment in Japanese history, and and it looks um, 
it, it, it looks quite intriguing. But you got to watch that show, man. It's it's like the ultimate isolation. Hey, you want to talk about cold isolation? Sorry. It's the brandy and possibly the ADHD. Um, Dr. Sleep, the trailer for Dr. Sleep. Yeah, we... We were supposed to talk about this on last week's show, and we forgot, I think. Boom. So, <laughs> Well, there we go. So uh, now I, I knew the book because it's, um, I mean, it, it was published a few years back, and Stephen King's follow-up to the sequel, kind of a spin-off. It's about Danny Torrance as an adult, uh, and, and I assume that's what we were going to get as a film, something that had a bit of a connection to The Shining. No, it's a goddamn direct sequel to not the novel, the movie obviously the yeah. stanley kubrick film like like i i just wow the fact that they did such a good job recreating scenes from the original movie yeah that they had to announce that we did not use footage from the original movie that these were did recreated. they did they really do that okay yeah the the director actually posted stills of his shot beside the other shot from oh, the original that's amazing. and it really just looks like somebody screwed with the lighting other than that they look exactly the same um, like, that is fascinating to me that that shows me that there's a care going into this movie, that it has a lot of potential to be a great film. Using the Wendy Carlos score as well. That, that I, I became a bit of a vinyl fan recently, as you can see by, by the vinyl here. Yeah, I tripped over it twice in my way. <laughs> I actually, I actually the, the most I've ever spent on a vinyl record, I actually picked up a Shining LP from the, uh, from the 80s. They, they did like a very very limited pressing and uh and it was pulled it was never relicensed um because wendy carlos wasn't happy with the um with with what was done to her score um but that 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 music is fantastic and i and i i have played the shit out of that record yeah yeah it's so. i think that was it sure yeah don't don't try again uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no, no and, yeah. and i think the casting is great um you know mcgregor as danny i think he he can do almost anything he can do almost anything. so i but he he looks like he's doing it right yeah. he looks like kind of like you know jack torrance's kid is what he looks yeah, like. yeah he does he does that's fascinating to me I'm, I'm really excited for that one now i wasn't I'm, there's so much Stephen King news coming out and everything is getting made. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. James you know, Wan doing uh, Salem's Lot, I'm down with that. He's the right guy to do it, I we'll think. We'll see. We'll see. Again, I refuse to get excited about stuff until I see footage from it. Fair enough. I made the mistake of being excited about Pet Cemeteries. So oh, yeah, that was that, unfortunate. That was, yeah. Boy, did that, that piss you off as much as it pissed me it off? It pissed me off, yeah. yeah listen, listeners of this show will know I was pissed off. I'm going to have to check out that episode, actually. It's, so I forget which one it is. So, so how do you uh, so, so so how do you wrap up one of these? Uh, sometimes we edit in talking about what we're going to do next week. Oh, so well, I'm 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 going to watch a lot more midget porn. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. On the show next week <laughs> is what I meant. Uh, if for regular listeners. Uh, anticipated Brian and Noah will be back next week and we're going to get back to some prison movies we're covering Cool Hand Luke and Midnight Express mm. um, and fingers crossed someone get, gets raped in one of those because I know it'll upset Noah and I like things that upset Noah you ever seen Innocent Man with Tom Selleck yes I love that movie it's a good movie I'm going to put that on the list of movies to cover for this so I can that, watch it that's a good film man an I Innocent Man in a long time. it's good it's solid it holds up Tom Selleck love Tom Selleck he's great 
Um, yeah, that is, sounds, you already sounds, brought up Magnum once, and I know. Up Tom's, it's the mustache. You're attracted it's, to the mustache. Well, let's face it. Nobody else can wear a mustache like like, like Selleck. Uh, I disagree. We discussed Sam Elliott oh, in great detail last oh, week. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, 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 I concede. I concede. Sam Elliott. Yeah. One grizzled old son of a bitch. But it's great. Everything he does. Well... Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. I'm sorry about the demographic that will not be tuning into future episodes because of inflammatory statements made by the guest host. Oh, we lose about two demographics a week around here. <laughs> uh, how do people get in contact with you, Doug? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, we used to do this thing. It's, if you had any comments or whatever, it's in the it's in the bumper. Uh, the, only, the only thing that's not in the bumper is you can follow the Midnight Drive-In on uh, Instagram, which is where I update everything I watch. So stuff I'm watching specifically for the show or stuff I'm just watching at random, which you'll get to hear me talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you follow that, you would have already known to uh, watch the Jim Jarmusch films before you listen to this. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're done. Uh, we don't know how to end podcasts. That's one of our things. Are you still here? Yeah. Sorry. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.